Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. If you're just now joining us, this is a special program in partnership with the Prayer Ministry of First Presbyterian Church, San Antonio, on homecoming. How we welcome home those who have been part of our churches and are now returning home, and also with a twist about Christians making music, making good quality music, and how that opens doors to be ambassadors for Christ. Our guests today are Rick Lane, Chairman of the Prayer Committee at First Presbyterian Church San Antonio, and a ministry partner in Walk with Mexico, among other ministry efforts, and Greg Griffin, a musician and music producer who came to San Antonio at the age of 16, graduated from UTSA, and now is performing and teaching in New York City. Welcome, Rick and Greg. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry. Greg, thanks for making time. We're so glad you could be with us. And, you know, in the first half of the program, you talked about uh, music and your faith. And you talked just a little bit about really growing up as a Christian because of your mom. You know, how did yeah. how did how did your mom and your family impact you at, at an early age to, to come to, to, to follow Christ? My mom's the biggest success story you could ever you could ever know. And that's because she did the most difficult things uh that God only entrusts us with, and that's love and forgive. You know, I love my father so much, and he's been a great dad my whole entire life. But when we were young, uh, he struggled with drug and alcoholism. Mm. And, uh, you know, I know along that came, what went with that is a lot of, you know, classic difficult behaviors that we have to deal with when people are on those things. But he was always there for his kids and always kept a job. Um, But because you know, of his habits, we lived in a rougher, rougher neighborhood, rougher side of town, which I'm happy for because it gave, you know, probably me, my my little brother and my sister, like, a whole lot of swag and everything like that. So, you know, it helped us out a lot, and I probably got to experience some things that I normally wouldn't have. But through that, uh, my mom stuck through it. You know, she chose to love and forgive, which is so difficult for us to do. Uh, she's seen something in my dad, you know, that, you know, through sickness and through health, even though he was sick, you know, she stayed with him. She did not give up. And because of that, man, look look at Morris Griffin now, right? Graduated from college, uh, taking care of his family, has a great home, great grandfather, all of these things. She has a great home now, and all my mom ever wanted her whole life was to be a mother and have a family. That was my mom's goal. You know how I aspire to be on all these stages and travel and stuff. All my mom wanted was simple. And it was difficult for her. And for years and years and years, she never, she watched her friends get houses. She watched all these things happen. And then, you know what? It was difficult, but she chose to love and forgive. And when she did that, she has, to me, the greatest family that I've ever seen. And it's because of her faith and her, and, and her love and forgiveness. And when I seen that, that's the impact that it has on me. And I know that even when it's tough, like right now, it's really difficult. And I hope that other people, you know, get this message as well. When it's tough, you don't give up on it when it's not serving you. You say you put your faith in God the same way my mom put her faith and say, you know what, God, I'll get my house one day. And she got her house. But it wasn't until she was in her 40s 
You understand? And, and all of her kids graduated from school, but it wasn't until she was older. And she, her and her husband graduated from school, but they were in their 50s when they graduated. It takes time to do those things. And that forgiveness and that love stood strong. It stands the test of time. So me seeing that, that real-life example and being around that and being around somebody that achieved their dreams because they did the, the only thing that God asked us to do, there's only one choice that you could do, and that's follow God. I've seen it with my own eyes. i seen it, you know. Yeah. So to me, that's how it impacted me, point blank, period. Well, Greg, you're, you're in a position now where you're – you're, you're, you know, we talked about this in the in the first half. If any anybody wasn't listening, Greg had been a part of the music scene here in San Antonio, playing in a lot of different venues and clubs and churches. Uh, now he's in New York, and and in New York, you're still playing, but you're you're also working in in a in a place that's focused on children. So, yeah. uh, your mom's example. How how does that play out in what you're doing now because you're you know this idea of scriptural idea of being an ambassador for christ it's where we go in that place we're an ambassador for jesus christ what how does that example and and solid foundation with your mom come into being and, and into play when you're thinking about these kids and the music world that you're part of that's that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked that. I think that I'm called because I've seen it with my own eyes, and I've seen that strength that my mom had is to transfer that to my students, and not only the students, but the staff that's around me and everybody that's around me. And what that is is seeing the best in people and not giving up on that because that person, that person that people have given up on, that people say, you know what, I don't know if that kid is going to make it. He's a troublemaker he's doing this and that i say bring him to me let him stay with me because i know that if i just continue to do what i'm doing and love on that and love on that kid and just show him what it means to be strong and show him what it means to be compassionate that you know what that light has a, a bigger opportunity to come through for that young man so to me it's just Seeing the, seeing the simple things, loving loving on people, you know, and offering a hand when I can give it. That's as simple as it is, and that's how I try to walk and live my life. I always place myself in a position to give and to serve. That's it. You, you said something interesting earlier that you, you grew up in a neighborhood that was maybe rougher than your, your family might have preferred, and then you, you just put compassion and strong in the same sentence. How does, that, how does compassion and strength work out together in a rough life? Because it's, it's difficult to love when the whole world is telling you you're not good enough. You know, And that doesn't necessarily even come from uh, it doesn't necessarily come from a, a, a neighborhood. You know, some of my students and even myself, you know, this world that we live in at times, they tell us that we have to be a certain thing. You have to have these certain things to be successful. You have to do this certain thing to feel happy. Or if you don't, if you don't have a smile on your, your face and you're not positive every day, then you're not happy. But to be able to love in a situation to when you're not in the best of places, that strength to be able to offer a helping hand when you don't even have hardly a hand to, to help, you know, to offer, that's what I call strength. It's hard, it's hard to do the right thing in the face of adversity. It's hard to not 
to not skip. It's hard to walk the straight line and do things the right way. And to me, when you have compassionate for individuals, when you have compassion, I'm sorry, when you have compassion for individuals, when you're in difficult situations, what? That is strength. It's difficult to do. It really is. Mm-hmm. Have you done a song on that? This is. Um, Rick. I've done many songs on that. Okay, songs. T- tell us about one or two of them, and, and sing um, us a bar or two if you think it'll illuminate it. Uh, you know, I have a song right now called "Live It Up" that I did with uh, Noni Renee, who she helped me out. You know, and the lyrics on the chorus, you know, that she put forth is through the broken hearts, the shattered dreams. I still have love. I still believe, right? So having lyrics like that, you know, so no matter what, I'm going to live it up. You know, I know things are going are going terrible, but I'm still going to find something in this difficult time to praise God about, to feel happy about, to have joy about. That's strength. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. Uh, that's a great one. Uh, is that was that uh, were those lyrics for the for the female voice, or are those lyrics that you sang? That's that that's that's a part of the lyrics that she wrote in the chorus. Okay, you know, can you that's, sing that's sing those for us for just a second? Chorus. We're gonna and we're gonna even, mix it up. Even in uh, the bridge, I say you have to grind out because you never know what you might find out. You never know now with the possibilities. Remember, every miracle began in tragedy. Every miracle begins in tragedy. So even when it's when it's the darkest of times, that's when God is looking right down and saying, you know what? It's my time to make that diamond. I think we got to bring that out. And that's what happens, you know. And that's all in that song, Live It Up. It's on my website right now. Well, Greg, in, in, in New York, uh, have you been able to, to connect with a group of Christians there? Man, I have. I, you know, what's so unique, and you could just tell that, like, God is all over my life, right, is that the same church that impacted my life so much when I was a young kid that I was coming home uh, from the church camp with right before we moved to San Antonio. I moved to New York six months, six months in. I hadn't gone to church at all. And my God brother, you know what I'm saying, who's one of the greatest men I've ever known, uh, he's a musician as well. He moved up here. His name's Daniel Cruz. And, you know, he was like, hey, Greg, you know there's a Christ Fellowship campus in New York. And I was like, what? Are you serious? It can't, it, it can't be. You know, that's, that's, that's got to be impossible. I went to Christ Fellowship, and although it's a, it's a way bigger church than what I left it when we left Florida, it felt the same. It still felt like family. It still felt like togetherness. And at this church, you know, I connected, and I, I never used my gift directly in a church before, you know, because I know I love God so much, and I get so, uh, I think I get so nervous and fearful that people will try to put me in a box and try to label me a Christian music because I love God so much, and I do speak about it in my, but I don't want to be cut off to just a Christian audience. You understand what I'm saying? So people will hear me be like, oh, well, Greg is going to be a preacher one day, or oh, Greg is, and I'm nervous of that because I want that guy who does who doesn't like, who doesn't feel like he knows God to be able to still hear me as well. Yeah. Um, so I kind of shot away at first from leading uh, in, in church worship, and then, you know, I led, and I started leading, and I've been doing it for a year, and it's actually been the most useful thing uh as a musician that I've had 
since I've been in college, teaching me how to, you know, not perform at people, but to have people participate in your performance and, you know, sing with you instead of singing at people. And that's been, you know, because of my great mentor, you know, that's here right now, Danny Best, you know, that works up here. And he's the pastor here. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's been a glorious, a great experience that I've had at Christ Fellowship when I was younger and now reconnecting as a young adult. It's been phenomenal. So, hey, Greg, i got a question. As a, as a yes. father of, of, of some 20-year-olds, um, yes. you know, they, they, we go out, and, and remembering back to my times, we go out uh, in, the, in our 20s. Uh, we've left home. We've left college. We've left the church we grew up in. And like you were saying, you went to New York City, and for six months you didn't have a church. Uh, you weren't going. You weren't going to church even, uh, and um, and now you're in the. You're back in a church, and you're in the worship band at times, and, and you're 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 highly involved, and yet you're you still have this decisive ministry to the unchurched, to to the unbelievers even. Uh, can you talk to us about how going coming returning to the church? Um, in, in you know the, the local church there in New York City and how becoming involved and it sounds like you were saying that it, it enriched your and strengthened your ability to reach yeah. the next day the next hour the 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 unchurched uh, you know yeah, so well, so sometimes the the lie of the world is oh you better not spend much, too much time in your church you better not spend much time in the Bible uh, you know you need to this time you're spending in prayer is taking you away from the people you need to reach. So you just need to give up on all that and go spend all your time with the people you need to reach. And we sort of become lone wolves. But, but I hear you saying that your time of going out into the world is strengthened by the time that you're in church. Tell us about what, is, is that true? I, you know, for me, I don't necessarily look at it as being specifically in church. I think that our job is, because sometimes that's difficult to navigate. But I think that if we look for, uh, if we look for different opportunities that God is trying to show us in our everyday walk, because just as God is strengthening, strengthening me uh, as a musician uh, at Christ Fellowship, He's also strengthening me as a teacher at Harlem Children's Home. So, it, and it's because I'm looking for the opportunities that God is placing in front of me. So, I would love for young people when they go out to, you know, different places to try to find a church. But to be honest with you, me being young myself, that's a difficult task to do, especially with being with all of our friends sometimes and, you know, having so many, you know, especially when people go off to college. So they got work. They got all these things that are going on. They probably got a job. But there are certain sanctuaries that you can find in your everyday life if you just look for God in those things. Because I think that God doesn't stop speaking to us at church, the building. I think God speaks, he, God is so big that he speaks to us everywhere we go. I think the trick is, is to make sure that we're looking for him wherever we go so we can learn those lessons that we're supposed to use for our path to help the next person and to love the next person in every single thing that we do. But, but did you, I, I hear that, but did you use the words that you were encouraged by yes. the believers who are listening to your music? I think I heard you say you're encouraged by the believers who are listening to your music, and they, you're encouraged by the partners in those worship services, etc. Uh, what is is that? Did I hear that right? Well, to me, um, 
what what it did is it got me the it gave me the opportunity to learn one there was some some technical things that I wanted to learn uh for my band particularly when I when I go out on tour and my church uh has had the opportunity to have the financial means to have the best uh the best technology that there is so I learned those things that I want to transfer to my band at my church I also learned how to be on a podium and to get people to you know help to 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 interact with me to perform with me for us to have a, a moment together rather than me just being on stage and being in front of them and entertaining them making an experience to where you involve everyone that's what being at Christ fellowship helped me the encouragement that i get the encouragement that i get is because i get the opportunity to wake up every day and and still continue to chase what God placed in my heart and what the world calls your dream, right? You know, because I believe that, you know, your dreams and the things that you've been given is God's proof. If it's good, it's God's proof that it's already done. You just have to go out there and you just have to do the work that God has placed in front of you to make that truly manifest. And that's and my encouragement comes from people like you that call me up and say, "Hey, Greg, we want to interview." I'm like, "What? You want to listen to my story? I can't believe it." That's encouragement for me. And when I go and when I go to Christ Fellowship, and you know, people just randomly hug me because we all have one thing in common, and that's loving God and loving people. Or when I come to my job, and even some of the non-believers that are at my that are at my job, you know, that give me encouragement. You know, to say, you know, Greg, I don't know what it is about you, but it's just something great. You know, my birthday was a couple weeks ago, and the amount of love that I got from everyone and the things that things the things that people say about me, I would have had no clue. Some of those people were believers, some of those people were non-believers, but they were all given that gift that I believe that live in us, whether we want to recognize it or not. God lives in all of us, whether we want to recognize it or not. And that's the choice. The choice that you can make is that you can make this choice of saying, you know what? God does live in me. And when you recognize that choice, guess what you can do? You have the power to pass that choice on to other people through the actions that you do. And that's loving on them, right? When you don't recognize that, then you don't, you don't, you don't have the opportunity. You don't have the glasses on to be able to see the miracles and the great things that are going on around you. And it's difficult. It's difficult to be able to navigate that. You know, so what I, what I would do is I would encourage everybody to look for encouragement in the things that are going around them. Because like I said, there's small sanctuaries, just like there's a sanctuary at Christ Fellowship. There's a sanctuary at your local coffee shop or at your donut shop if you're looking in the right places. So Emmanuel, God with us. You know, it was a great um, theme of Christmas, um, and you know, and we we see, you know, what, what's the what's the song with come is that come oh, come oh come Emmanuel come oh come Emmanuel and um, uh, that and then, and Emmanuel means God with us. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, in, in in thinking about all these ways that, that your life is interacting both with the church and outside, mm-hmm. how how can we pray? for millennials you know people who are you know early 30s or younger and and they're out and they're and they're trying to follow their faith and they're and they find themselves in different situations like you in the music scene in san antonio or new york and maybe they have a a a rootedness in a church and maybe they don't so how do you how do we pray for this particular age group 
and their needs and, and, and desires? Well, most definitely. I think that one thing that gets left out when we ask for prayer requests is a praise of thanks. You know, and I think that to be able to thank God for the opportunity of technology, to be able to, you know, to, to, to be able to see these different things that we have to get on the Internet that we can, you know, at times even if you don't have a church home, you can go and you can visit some of these places online. Now, I think it's very important that you find a local church because sometimes you need to re-up and recharge and do different things. Um, but if you don't have that, we do have technology. And I think that, you know, what we can do, especially, you know, this show is surrounded around prayer ministry, is just to pray that people find friends that are around them, that encourage them, and that show them different places. Because if I think about myself, it was my brother that got me to go to church. It wasn't an a aha moment or it wasn't a, oh, God shined it. It wasn't that. It was my brother saying, hey, Greg, come and hang out with me. I'm going to Christ Fellowship. And us having these places that we can hang out and do cool things, you know. So that's what I would pray for, you know, for my generation more, just to have more people connected. I will pray thanks for the technology that we do have that gives us access to different, you know, different things. You know, my girlfriend, she watches The Rock Church, and that's all the way in San Diego. I've never been in San Diego, but I've watched that, that sermon probably every other week for the past five or six months. So I'm thankful for that, you know, and that, that pastor out there that's doing work at that church, he's doing a great thing. So, you know, that's that's what I would definitely do. I would pray thanks for the technology, and I would pray that they have people and friends around them that would encourage them to go and hang out with other people that share common ideologies. Greg, what, uh, what specific things do you think the, the local church can do as they welcome people back home? Both what would you like to have and how can, how, it's, a, it's a two-sided thing, how can the people that are coming back be welcome, and how can the people that are doing the welcoming feel like they are welcomed in that process? I think it's very important to have familiar faces, but most importantly, be open and, you know, not have your, you know, it's it's just, it's a feeling of welcomeness. It's like when you walk into your grandma's house or when I walk into my mom and my dad's house, you feel like, wow, I'm home. You know, when I used to go, when I used to come to youth group when I was at First Pres, I used to, every Wednesday, I was like, I'm home. You know, and when I used to come and teach with with Martha and with David and with Kobe, I would just be like, I love being here. When I'm at Christ Fellowship and I go to my leadership meeting and we're meeting at my pastor's house because we don't have any other other place to meet at, I feel at home because we're just eating Chick-fil-A and, you know, feeling because it's about a feeling, you know, the feeling of being welcome. And I think that if churches, you know, not make it about exclusivity, or a person has to dress a certain way, be a certain way, be doing these certain things, and you open your hand and, and hug someone that you normally wouldn't hug, that you give a handshake to, someone that you wouldn't handshake to. And even at, you know, First Press, we got the cookies on Sunday. You know, give a cookie to somebody. You know, give a, <laughs> give a cup of juice, you know, to someone that you normally wouldn't do and, and invite people that you normally wouldn't see. This creates an environment to where we all can get along. I think that that's the most important thing. Yeah. 
So, so the welcoming is real. And, you know, one of the things that strikes me is you went to a church in New York, a church you'd never been to before, but you felt at home and welcome immediately, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I did. I think the body of Christ is just amazing in that regard, that God prepares these places for us in a place that, that our heart will find a home. And so if yep. we're looking and we keep going out and checking around, we'll find other people that are that are enjoying and seeking after Christ in the way that we are. Well, Greg, we're, we're drawn to the close of the program. I, I can't thank you enough. You, you've, you've really inspired us in thinking about the role of music and how we live our whole life under Christ and how we bring people together. Uh, just bless you, man. I'm, I'm so glad to have got to interact with you and Nathan. Uh, it, it's just a real privilege. So thank you for being thank, with us. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. And make sure that anyone that's listening, uh, you guys can find my music, uh, Google Greg G, The Golden Child, Greg G, The Golden Child, and also visit me on my website, goheadgreg.com. That's goheadgreg.com. And, yep, and I encourage everyone to visit. And I want to thank the audience for being with us today. This is Hill Country Institute Live, partnering with First Presbyterian Church San Antonio's prayer ministry. We're encouraging people to pray for those who are going home and for those who are welcoming them, them home. So if you'd like to know more about Hill, the Hill Country Institute, please visit our website. That's hillcountryinstitute.org or call 512-680-7993. Have a blessed day, and remember to bless those around you with the good news of the love of Christ. 